and a physician and the host of the SOAR podcast, a place where black women get to tell their stories about overcoming limiting beliefs. One week, my conversation with a college dean on colorism may spark activism. And the next week, you might feel like a fly on the wall, listening as I hold space for a teacher who's fighting to hold back tears. My guests are diverse, like beautiful feathers that make up the wings of our sisterhood. Hello. Hi. How are you, Cherie? And welcome to SOAR. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to get started. Well, I'm excited to have you here and um, I'm excited for to hear everything that you have to say. And I love our topic, moving mountains and letting go by faith. Yeah. Yeah, that, that has been my project, me, for the past, I would say, seven years. I definitely believe that we can move mountains. So I am excited to hear a little bit about your journey over the past seven years and how you have moved some major mountains. But before we get started, I'd like to just read your bio. Um, So this is Cherie Harris. She is the CEO and founder of Corporate Concierge. Originally a New York native, Cherie Harris is now based in Los Angeles after relocating from Atlanta, Georgia. Her long career in the corporate sector began with her first summer job at only 16. In 2019, she decided to leap out on faith and start her dream business, Corporate Concierge utilizing her 25 plus years of experience and skill sets to pour into startup businesses and help entrepreneurs thrive. She provides digital marketing services, website design, and one-on-one business coaching to help entrepreneurs stay the course and succeed. Her motto is, just because you're small, you don't have to look it. So, um, so that's a little bit about you, but I know we're going to learn so much more about you. And I love having these conversations because I feel like the sore circle is a place where we can connect and grow our sisterhood. And one of the ways that we do that is by telling our stories. So yeah. I always like to start off and just open the floor to you and just ask you to share your story. Well, uh, just to piggyback off of my bio, yes, I am originally a New York native. I'm a Bronx girl, XX to the Bronx. I am definitely, a, you know, I grew up during the hip hop era. All Everything that you ever knew about New York was true, good, bad, and different. I've seen it all. Um, and about, I don't know, around 
2015, I decided it was time for me to leave and I made the trek to Atlanta. I was tired of the snow and I just, my, my marriage was ending. Um, my ailing father had passed on. My son was getting ready to go to college and my daughter was a senior in high school. So I figured this was the perfect opportunity and time for me to go. I wasn't really happy in my life. I was at a job that I didn't like. So I actually quit my job. I, I, I leaped out on faith, took some money out, and I said, I'm going. I hadn't secured a job or anything. And that was the beginning of me really leaping out on faith because I'm, I'm, I am very intentional. And I looked at my finances, and even though I had enough to, to live on for a year, I didn't want to do that. So I said, God, I need to have a job by February. And I had moved in December, the previous December, February 12th, I started my new job. I take that very, very seriously. And so I was in Atlanta for uh, seven years or so, and then I recently relocated to California three years ago. There's a whole story behind that. We'll get into that. But that's, um, let me just go back. I do have two children. I have a son who is 31. He lives out here with me in Los Angeles, and he's Instagram famous. He's a, he's a um, um, personal trainer and and I have a daughter. She lives in Tennessee. She has my three beautiful grandchildren. And um, and I'm married to the love of my life. And we are going on two years. And I will tell you how that happened, too. Awesome. Awesome. So you dropped a lot of little teasers in the story. Yep. I love that. <laughs> so we know that there's more to come. Um, and when we spoke, I just really felt like there was just I, I instantly felt connected to you as as you shared and we just talked and I wanted to share that uh, with with my audience. But one of the things that I was really amazed when we talked was that um, you talked about how you went from valley experiences to mountaintop experiences and you can share that much better than I can, but if you could just please share a little bit about your going from some pretty steep, um, yeah. from valley to mountaintop experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I suffered from depression for many years and um, that valley you talking about helped me captive for the majority of my adult life at that time. And like I had said in my teaser, I had a job that I hated. It, it, it was miserable. Uh, when, you, when you go to bed and wake up with the thought of dread and anxiety every day, that you, it's, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And, and I had that. And, um, you know, I, I went to doctors and I was on medications and I, I did all the things that I was supposed to do. And, and one of the things that I remember to this day is my, my therapist, she asked me if I had hope. This was after a number of appointments and me just not getting better or sounding better and physically not looking better. And I said to her, no, I did not have hope. And I am a suicide survivor. Um, I, I, I tried to take myself out from that situation. That's how bad it was. And from that experience, you know, there's something about when you say you're being reborn. And of course, you know, we, we become reborn in Christ. But in that moment when I woke up and I wasn't happy that I woke up, I realized that I was supposed to be here. 
And how am I going to find my happy to be here? What do I need to do? God's not ready for me. I cannot take myself out. There's a purpose for me. What is that purpose? And so fast forward, I climb out of that. And that's literally climbing out of that situation. I decided to relocate to Atlanta. Atlanta for me was, I had been married, had children, all of these things. Atlanta for me is where I felt like I actually grew up in my adulthood. I really felt as if it was just me and my daughter and my dog. I didn't have any family out there. All of my family was in New York. I had a few friends out here, but it was really, Sheree, you're going to have to make it or break it, girl. You know, what are you about? And you really learn how strong you are. I wasn't making the kind of money I used to make in New York that I made. I wasn't making that in Atlanta. I had to really learn how to figure things out. I had to humble myself. And I really was reintroduced to God during that time. I was in Atlanta for nearly eight years. And I am telling you, I just dropped it all and gave it to him and let him guide me. Took some time. Took some time. I said I was there for eight years. It didn't happen overnight because there was a lot of me fighting and a lot of soulish things that I was putting in there in the mix and a lot of me trying to make my own way, dating the wrong type of people, different things until I realized that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making bad decisions. This is not what I want for my life. How do I get there? Because girl, what you're doing right now, you're not going to get there. And so I just gave it all to him and really started to look back at my life when God always came through for me. Anytime I ever needed anything, he was always there for me. So why, why fight this? Why not go to him first? You know, so now, now we're, we're fast forwarding. We're at the uh, December of 2016. And I was doing really well in my career. Um, financially, things were getting better, but I was ready to have a mate. And I'm not sure if you want me to go into that just yet, but I, I can just roll right on in. But roll right I, was, in. I was ready to have a husband. Um, now, a little backstory. I did mention that I was married before, but there's another marriage even before that one. <laughs> okay. I got married when I was really, really young and that didn't work out. And so we've got two failed marriages. And um, December, this was actually New Year's Eve 2016. And this is a practice that my mother taught me. We always bring in the new year praying. We always bring in the new year, thanking God for all of the blessings that we had in, the, in that current year. And then we start asking God for the plan for the next year. So it's about 1130. I'm in my room. I'm on my knees and I'm praying and I'm, I'm giving my gratitude. And then I go into asking him for a husband. And I said, Lord, number one, I thank you for the opportunity of having two husbands. A lot of people don't have any, although I didn't ask you for those husbands. And those, those were not husbands that were, um, we, we didn't come together under Christ. I have had two relationships. So I do understand if that's it for me. I do understand that if you're like, you know, where you're two and done, I do understand that. However, if you deem me worthy 
if all the work that I've done and all the work that I'm doing in this new body that I am, if you deem me worthy for a husband, I'm asking you to pick him for me. Pick this husband for me. Now, of course, of course, I did ask for things because you have to be specific. You have to ask God for the things that you want. And I went through the gamut of what I wanted from physicalities to to does he love his mother? Is he a good father? Is he a hard worker? Is he handsome? Is he this? Is he that? All the things I'm like, I'm not messing. I got one shot. I got one shot at this. Okay. I got one shot at this and I want to get it all in there. He's got to have good breath. I mean like everything. <laughs> okay. Because I don't want to have this whole package and I can't talk to you. So, you know, we need the whole thing. And I felt as if after I said my prayer and now the new year comes in, I just felt this overwhelming sensation as if, yes, I can have it. Mm. Yes, I can have it. So January 1, 2017, every day in my car, I'm thanking God for this man as if he is sitting right next to me. I traveled a lot for work. So, you know, you, you know, if you're on planes all the time, you know, it, it could be a little. And I thought about it one day. I said, does anybody even care that I'm on a plane? Does anybody care that I've landed? Does anybody even know that I went through turbulence? Like, who can I call? You know, things like that. Every day I said, thank you, God, for this man who is six foot two and taller. Thank you, God, for this man who loves me. Thank you, God, for this man who loves loves my daughter and loves my son and cares about my family and my family needs. Thank you, God, for this man who, who, who cares that I'm on an airplane. Thank you, God, for this man who knows how to hold my hand when I'm feeling insecure. Thank you, God, for this man who can make me laugh and so forth and so on. I did this every day, thanking him. Hadn't met him, didn't have any prospects. I had given up. I was done with the knuckleheads. I'm like, I'm done, okay? And then March of 2017, through Facebook, no less, through mutual friends, I wasn't, I mean, I'm looking, but not looking, if that makes any sense. Like I'm, I'm open to receiving, but I'm not out there searching. There's a difference. I'm open to receiving. And um, through mutual friends, we started interacting. And then one day I'm going through his page because he had stalked me. Like I'm looking at all these old pages, you know, he's liking all these pages. And I looked at uh, through his profile one day and there was a picture and I'll never forget this. It was mesmerizing. And it wasn't mesmerizing because he's so good looking or whatever, I mean, he's a good looking guy, but that's not the point. There was something, there was energy coming from that picture. And I got an overwhelming feeling that I was going to know this man intimately. I was going to have a very close relationship with this man. Never forget this. And I'm looking at the picture and I went like this, this man, you know, I looked at, and sure enough, we started interacting. My, now this is how God works. I'm in Atlanta. My territories for the past two years prior to this encounter was California. So I had been traveling to California every two to three weeks for two years. He lives in California. Yeah. Wow. I, I am in Nashville one day on a business trip. My California, this will, oh, let me, let me step back. He texts me one day, hey sis, how are you doing? Just random. We weren't doing anything on a regular basis. Just very, very random, you know, texts or DMs, the kids call it. 
And I got really Bronx on him. And I said, I said, you know, I said, God, if I'm going to know this man intimately, we need to have a conversation. So here I go with my bad self. And I'm going, you want to take this to the phone? And you know how you see those dots when someone is, you know, thinking about it. And it seemed like he was doing it forever. (laughs) Stephanie, then I start freaking out. Then I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if this man is married. Oh, my goodness, he's going to think I'm a whore. I, who, who, who I, you know, what's going on with me? And I'm looking at the dots and dots and dots. He comes back. He's like, I would love to. Give me an hour. We started talking. Now, God's working. My California client calls me when I'm in Nashville, tells me I have to be in California in 24 hours. Wow. I'm like, Okay, you know, so I'm in California and I tell him, I, I tell my husband's name is Claude. I tell him, I says, hey, it turns out I'm going to be in California next week. He didn't get it. He's like, oh, I hope the weather is nice. I'm like, all right, whatever. Didn't even think about it. God is still working. Follow me on this. He's still working. My client extends my trip. Wow. Now, during this time, he and I are now talking every day. We're FaceTiming, you know, we're vibing, right? We're getting closer. I tell him, I says, I'm going to be here a few more days. Then God must have hit him inside the head because Claude says to me, well, can we meet up on Monday? I'll drive down to San Diego. Can you meet? I'm like, yes, yes, I will meet you. And we met and we've been together ever since. We did long distance for two years and then I relocated in uh, 2019. I absolutely love that story. And and I love how um, you talk about how God is working in the background. I think a lot of us probably resonate that, resonate with that. Um, I know I do in different things that have happened in my life. But the fact that you just kind of had that knowing and just kind of kept going and one of the things that happens, I think, when we have faith and we want God to open doors is that we have to walk through the doors once they're open. And so as you're relaying this, you're relaying that you're also walking through the doors as God is opening them. I kind of see this corridor of those automatic doors and you just kind of walk and God's opening them and you're continuing to walk through each um, successive door. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Um, and if anybody has a comment or a question, you know, in these conversations, feel free. This is supposed to be a community. So you can make a comment if something resonates with you or ask a question. But I really appreciate you sharing. I feel like you shared your heart just now. It's, it's, I mean, there are many stories very similar to that, but that one is really the one that I feel very blessed because he's truly my best friend. And from that relationship, so many other blessings were made, were given to me. So many things happened. You know, you sometimes you have to really sit back and look at the trajectory of your life and say, if it wasn't for me moving to Atlanta, if it wasn't for me meeting my friend, Mm knew my husband who was friends with his husband if it wasn't if it wasn't if it wasn't you know when you really start to connect the dots i'm like man god was working for me for a minute he needed me in atlanta he I, he knew i needed to be in atlanta before i knew i needed to be in atlanta yeah. you know what i mean i would have never moved to california that was never on my vision board ever there's earthquakes here i would never move to california you know what i mean my new york girl i'll be mean, really but um 
I'm here, you know, and, and, and the same thing was with me relocating and wanting to be promoted and wanting my job to, to, to fit the bill for that. I did the same process, the same thing, but this time I just asked God for the plan. You know, I asked him for the plan and he told me what to do. And I gave my job six months notice. I mean, there were some things going on in my life. I was really ready to leave Atlanta. I'm a firm believer of seven years of the life cycle. I had done that. I had I had I had learned all the things that I was supposed to learn. I had changed. I was now a butterfly. You know, I was ready to use my wings, my new beautiful wings. And I was like, what can I do? I, I, I can do more. So I give my job six months notice and I tell them I'm, I'm, I'm moving to California and um, I would like to stay with the company. I would like to be promoted in this position. I would like to earn this amount of money and let <laughs> me you know what you can do. And um, I had a really great boss. We had a really great rapport and I started to walk in faith. I started yeah. to just put myself into action. And I am telling you, months went by crickets without anything. And they're like, are you still moving? I'm like, I'm definitely moving. And I would have, you know, coworkers and friends say to me, do you think you made a mistake? You know, what if they, they don't hire you? I'm like, I'm not worried about that. It's going to happen. I gave notice to my job. I mean, I'm sorry. I gave notice to my leasing office. I started to donate my furniture. I got an apartment in California. I started doing all because I was leaving five months, nothing. 30 days, 30 days before I'm supposed to move to the day. My boss calls me in. I have the offer letter. I got the position that I wanted. I have the raise that I knew that I deserved. I got the check for the relocation. And then she says to me, now, are you able to make this transition in 30 days? She didn't know I was already transitioning. (laughs) (laughs) She She just didn't know. I was like, no problem. And I am telling you every day I was coming home, putting stuff into my car, sending it over to Goodwill. I had friends come over, open house, take what you want. Cause I was leaving that all behind. This is a new life. My, you know, my now husband, but my boyfriend, then he said, leave that there. That's, that's furniture. And those are things that you brought from New York to Atlanta. Let's start fresh. So I was furnishing the new apartment over there, sending stuff <laughs> over to his house. Every time I would travel to California, because it's still my, my territory, I would stay at my apartment. 30 days, I made it happen. And I am telling you, it's just knowing, once you ask God for the plan and God says you can have it, you have to trust him and let him guide your steps. Don't get in, don't, don't sway. It, it can look like it ain't happening, but you have to know without a doubt that it is going to happen. You have to walk it. You have to talk it. You have to relay it. You have to live it, breathe it. When people would say to me, you know, well, can you come to this party in November? Oh, no, 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 honey. I'm going to be in California. I'm not going to be here. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to, didn't have a, not near letter, nothing. And I was like, I'm, I'm leaving. And so it's, it's, it's what I teach now. It's one of those things is that you really have to trust and believe that you can have these things, you know, but the most important thing for me is really asking God for the plan. I wanted to, you know, I've been working for a long time and I remember praying to God that I wanted to have my own business that don't laugh at me. I said that I don't want to work anymore. anymore. I want my husband to take care of me. 
You know, listen, I'm a girl. I'm a girly girl. Okay, I will work as hard as anybody else, but ain't nothing wrong with being a kept wife. Let me tell you. Okay, ain't nothing wrong with that. All right. And nothing wrong I, with it. Nothing wrong. And I told you I got this move. You know, I'm moving to California. I wasn't here no more than maybe a month and a half. I didn't have a job anymore. They didn't spend all this money to move me out. Okay, wow. even gave, and they gave me a really hefty severance because it was unfortunate. Um, the Los Angeles airport uh, commandeered our space, and it, it was a whole thing, you know. So my husband has a business, and he says, "You know, come help me with the business. Mm -hmm. I got you covered." I had never been in a relationship before when a man said that he got me, and I believed it. Okay. How many times? Do we as women, we may see shortcomings in our male counterparts and we go and do it anyway. It might take them a little bit longer to do something because it may not be fast enough for us, but we go ahead and do it anyway because we have the means, we have the, the know-how, what have you, but that ships away at your marriage. And that's what I did in my previous marriage. That shipped mm -hmm. away because I am woman, hear me, I'm making all this money in New York. I could do whatever I want to do. You're not going to do it? Boom, got it. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. That's not how that works. I had to learn how to be a wife. I had to learn what it meant to be a helpmeet to my husband. I had to learn that the abilities that I have, yes, they're great for me, but they benefit him as well. How can I use that for him? So I took everything that I knew in corporate and I poured it into his business. He has an auto detailing business. So he's a hands-on guy, you know, and he knows business, but he didn't really have the experiences that I had. And so I was really able for the first year after I lost my job to help him do all these things. And he's like, I don't ever want you to have to work for anybody else ever again, except for yourself. And I remembered, I was like, didn't I ask for this? Mm -hmm. I sure, I don't even remember. I can't even tell you when I prayed this prayer. I can't even, I don't even remember when I asked for it. And this is again, God working. We had a moment where, you know, finances not looking so great, you know, and here I go. I'm going back to work. I'm going to bring mm -hmm. some money. I had already prayed that I didn't have to work anymore. I had all this stuff, all these mountains that God had moved for me. Here I go. I go to a job that I did not like. I physically became sick. My car broke. I'm a healthy woman. My car broke down. My car never breaks down. I mean, all these things were happening. And I was literally out of there in a month and a half. And I never forget having this feeling of God saying to me, so are you going to do this my way now? Right. I mean, like, did I not move you? I mean, is there any, really? Seriously? Really? Because I can, I can take my hands off. You can go back to being this unhappy, miserable person dating knuckleheads if you want to. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. Because sometimes he yells at me. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm good. And even my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time, but he's my husband, of course, now. He said to me, do you trust me? And I said, yes. He goes, no, no, no. Do you trust me? Do you believe in me? And I looked at him and I can honestly say, say to him, yeah. He says, I got you. That's all you need to know. You will want for nothing. I got you. And 
from that moment on, I said, it's time to start my business because yeah. he got me and he got me. Absolutely. And exactly. They, they both have you and you're in your right as women, especially as professional women, high achieving women. We feel like we can do it all, but sometimes we're not meant to do. We're meant to be. And, and God puts us in positions where we have to kind of sit on our hands and whatever we're doing is not producing fruit because we're not meant to do in that season and in that space. And um, a lot of what you just said brings a lot of things to mind. One of the things that it brings to mind is um, the scripture that talks about we have not because we ask not. And the way you went to your employer and asked for exactly what you wanted. And then um, just walking by faith and not by sight. Those five months, you did not see anything. You did not see, you know, any response. You didn't hear anything. But Nothing. you continued to walk by faith. And you knew that you were leaving. You kept packing. You turned down invitations. You just moved forward in what it is that you knew that um, God had promised you. So the question I have is a lot of times you said that it's important to ask God for the plan. And once you get the plan from God, that's when you can just walk by faith. How do you know when you have God's plan? Like, you know, I, it's not like a tablet that comes from the sky, like, like, you know, the Ten Commandments. How do you know once God has given you his plan and you can just rest in that and continue to just walk in that? Well, number one, you need to know that it has to be according to God's word. So we can ask for things and expect anything that's not according to God's will to, um, sorry, according to God's word to be given to you. So for example, if you want to get married to someone and they're, they're already married and you want somebody's husband, he's not going to give that to you. That's not from him. You might get that, but it ain't from him. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. And that's not a blessing. So it's according to God's word. And so I was reading my Bible and I was studying and I asked him for it and I'm looking at my life. I'm looking at what I'm doing in church and I'm serving and I'm doing different things. And then it's, it's really it's spirit to spirit, God to spirit. So you're right. You're not going to see a tablet. You're not going to see a burning bush. You're not going to see all those things. And it is this overwhelming feeling. That's how you know. Now I will tell you, I didn't always get yeses. Sometimes I get no. And it's the same thing. It's that internal feeling like a, like no other. OK, that internal feeling. And it's like, no, this is not for you. And that's how, you know, and then you start walking in it. And as you're walking in it, it feels good. It might be hard. You know, my the first lady of my church, she always says, you know, faith ain't for wimps, you know. You have to keep walking in it and keep walking in it and keep walking in it. And now also keep in mind, too, I also do a little bit of research. You know, I'm executive, so I know what I can do and what I can't do and the parameters, what I can ask for. But you want to ask for the blessing first. And so that's how you know, Stephanie. It's really, it's a feeling. You know, it's 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 a feeling. It's like, you know, I can have this. I, I can I can have this. This is doable. This is for me. And I just started thanking God for it. You know, I always just thank him for the things as if I already have it. Thank you. Thank you for um, breaking it down into yeah. practical pieces. Um, you talked about how it manifested in your relationship and 
how it manifested in this career position. But we know that you are a business owner and you started your own business. So what was that journey like? Um, was that also a mountain and did it involve uh, you stepping out on faith? This it's a little bit of both and also a little bit of a gift from my husband. So we're now COVID, you know, I'm a COVID business. I'm born through COVID, you know, and um, I was working, of course, with my husband, helping him. But when you've worked as long as I have, like we've both had, I was missing a little something. You know, um, I'm in California and I'm here with his family. Uh, my son is here, but all of my relatives are in New York. I don't have any of my friends here. I'm I'm just here. Love my husband to death, but I'm just here, you know? And so I needed something. I wasn't going back to work. Wasn't going to try that again. And it started with me uh, building a website for um, a colleague of my husband's. And, and they're like, you're really good at this. You should do this. I was like, Okay, so I started building websites to make some extra money, you know, during COVID. And then um, I said, you know what, but I can do this and I can do that and I'm good at this and I've done that. And I started going through everything that I knew how to do. So the word concierge, you know, you think hotel and you go to a hotel concierge and this is the, the, the end all of all. Like they know everything. They know where the best restaurants are. They know how to get you, you know, tickets to the best play, all these different things, all the events that are happening. And I said, you know what, let me package my 25 plus years into this concierge service for corporate. Now, be right before COVID, I was thinking about this and I said, I really want to make it more, you know, corporate focus. But then with COVID, everything shut down or what have you. And all of these entrepreneur businesses, everybody was making a, uh, creating a business yes. and they needed help. You have a lot of entrepreneurs who are, who are an, um, they're amazing visionaries, but they really don't know how to manage a business. Insert me, you know, so that's where I come in and I help you. And then I also was helping people with a program I, I call, I have called Unleash the Business in You for people who wanted to start a business, but they felt like they couldn't because maybe they didn't have the professional experience to do so. But what I do is I take your personal experiences, I take your professional experiences, I match that with your desires, and I find a way to make it work. Yeah. And so that's how the business was born. Awesome. As you, as you were talking, I was really thinking about um, I'm working on something this month called Plotting Your Next Act. And so that's what I'm uh, coaching on in my group coaching. And I've also been doing some writing and blogging about it. And that's what came to mind as you were talking. You were, you know, working with your husband's business. And then you realized that there was another act for you that you could plot. There was an, a need that was unfulfilled. And then there was a need that you could fulfill. And so yes. that's how you kind of... Um, came up with your business and sort of plotted your next act. Yes. Uh, I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what is in store for the next act of your business? What What's on the horizon? What are your goals? Man, you know, it's Project Me 4.0 at this point. You know, <laughs> it has been Project Me for a minute. 
it's funny because Project Me 2.0 was 2.0.8.3. I had I had some struggles with, with with the two version, but right now I'm scaling. I'm at a point now where I feel like I'm in a rhythm. I'm I'm finding my sweet spot. You know, sometimes it takes some time. And because I, I initially had all of these things that I was offering, I was realizing that it wasn't a good use of my particular time to touch everything. So I'm still going to have a lot of the digital and, and social media and website design as an offering. But now I'm starting to branch out. I'm going to have freelancers and other people come in to help me because I'm moving more towards public speaking workshops. Um, I'm built. I'm designing a workshop now in January to get everyone, you know, started right with the right mindset. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions and a lot of inquiries about praying for my husband, that program. And I'm also, Stephanie, a big advocate about retraining how we talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that has really been my biggest thing for me this year is to really identify when I am self-sabotaging, when I'm saying horrible things about myself, when I am really in the middle of negative self-talk and stopping it, you know, because that's the thing that will really prohibit you from moving on. Because if you cannot quiet that noise, you can't move forward. And I could be so hard on myself. You know, I, I don't know where it came from, but the whole thing about trying to be a perfectionist and this can't be right. And this, this, this noise in my video and why is this hair out of holding me back? And I decided that I, I can't do that anymore. Of course, we don't want to be mediocre. I understand that. We want to be professionals. We don't want to be mediocre. But oh, I think I lost you. Not sure if you're still there. I'm not sure if people can hear me. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It just dropped. Okay. Okay. I didn't want to keep going in case I didn't know what was going on. But yeah, so that's something that is something I am really, really focused on is self-talk, self-esteem, loving yourself through words. Yeah. It's so um, important. Absolutely. It, it is critically important. So I, I have two questions. Sure. One of them is, um, as you were talking, we talked a lot about faith and how you've been able to kind of manifest things through your faith. Mm-hmm. And I always ask about limiting beliefs. And you kind of touched on that a little bit with the negative self-talk. What would you say is your, you know, the limiting belief that has troubled you the most? And what techniques have you used to overcome that and really get into um, quieting that that voice? Girl, you hitting you hitting me today. Okay, <laughs> you hitting me today. Get out my head, Stephanie. Get out my head, girl. You know, this is really, this is something that I've been doing really hardcore for the past month. It's it, the, the struggle for me is the fear of lack. Mm. I grew up poor. There's just no other way of saying it. I grew up poor. You know, I grew up in the South Bronx. Um, we grew up on welfare. My mother was a single parent. Um, my dad wasn't around. If he was, he was in and out. And it was tough. 
And so we, especially in the black community, we learn how to survive and not thrive. We learn how to make do. Oh, yes. We learn how to literally turn a dollar out of 15 cents. Mm-hmm. And so when you see that, and love my mom, we did best as she could. This is not putting fault on my mom, but this is a programming that we have. When you see somebody struggling and you see someone trying to figure things out and maneuver things all the time or working through the system. And to be honest, I hate papers like manila envelopes. Like I can't stand all the papers people go to for government appointments. I I can't stand that because it taps into something negative for me, you know? And I didn't realize how programmed I was. I was always I, I have to pay my bills on time. I, I I can't I can't double up. It's too hard to pay my rent. I can't pay my mortgage two months in a row. I, I you know just this fear, and if I made a mistake or if I didn't have enough, I would beat myself up. What is wrong with you? You know how hard it is to double up on things. And now I'm married. My my husband he he's a deacon and of course a man of faith. And he just lives in faith. He knows God's going to always provide. It's mm-hmm. interesting. I know that. I practice that in so many aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. But the limited belief that you just mentioned is the financial hold that was on me. The poverty stricken, the poverty mindset. I made a lot of money in my life. You know, I'm doing fantastic things. But that fear of not having. So yeah. what I'm doing now is canceling out any of that self-talk. As soon as I hear it, I envision a stop sign and I just see a red and white little stop sign and I stop. Just stop it, Shereen. Just stop. Enemy, get out of my head. I have a friend who says it all the time. Get out of my head. Sometimes I have to start praying. If it's something that's really, you know, hovering on my heart really hard, sometimes I have to just pray, pray it out. But I'm realizing that God always provides for me. God has always provided for me. I've never been hungry. Sheree, you have never been hungry. Girl, 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 you have never been hungry. Like, really, you know, (laughs) okay? You have never been homeless. You are healthy. You've had multiple cars. I mean, look at your life. And so I just have to just do a self-check. I have to check myself. And so what I, I'm really working on that now, and now I'm expecting wealth. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing that to me. Wealth is my birthright. I'm reading scripture about what I'm entitled to have as God's kid. You know what I mean? It's like, so, so I am really embodying financial freedom. I have some very aggressive financial goals for next year that I am thanking God for every day. Okay. And so, and believing that. So that's, that's the thing right there. For me, it was financial lack. It was that hold, you know, I can't, you know, that whole idea of robbing Peter to pay Paul. I want to forget that. I want to forget that I ever knew that. I don't want to remember that anymore. That has been really, if there was a base, that's it right there. Mm -hmm. That whole robbing Peter to pay Paul. A lot of times in our community is a way of life. And so I just, I, I rebuke that. I renounce that. You know, I I want to live comfortably and I I do. I live comfortably now, but I want more. I'm thinking beyond the box. There is no box. It is. You know how much money is out there? People are making all kinds of money out there. Yes, they are. are. And my thing is, if you're not about it, about it, 
we, 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 we can't, we can't right now, not right now. You know, I'm even in my relationships, I'm really starting to see things differently. I love people, you know, we're still sisters, we're still friends, but I'm realizing that right now I need people who are smarter than me around me. I need people who can introduce me to the lifestyle that I am expecting. You know, it's already how I'm living my life right now is that it's already there. I have to remove the mountains, the blocks so that I can get there. It's waiting for me going whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, I'm here. So it starts with your mind. And so that's where I'm at right now. That's that's it. I know you said your husband's a deacon, but do I hear a little bit of a preacher here, too? Because (laughs) that that was uh, felt like no, 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 no. But, you know, I that's a whole other talk show being a deacon's (laughs) wife. I did not know. See, this is the thing. God's going to give you what he what you want, but he's going to get what he wants first. Mm -hmm. And there was a time in my life that I was in and out of church. You know, I wouldn't go whatever, doing different things. And, you know, I said this prayer and I asked for what I asked for. And I'm interacting with my husband and we're vibing and things are really good. And then one day he says to me, he's relaying a conversation he had between a sister in church. And he says, yeah. And she said, uh, Deacon Claude, blah, 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 blah. I said, hold up. Deacon. <laughs> and he says, you didn't know I was a deacon. I said, hold on a second. And I went, you're funny. I went just like that. You're funny because we all know what that means. You know what I mean? It's like, I have got to fly right. I got to get, I got to get all my stuff together. Right, right. (laughs) But no, you don't hear a preacher in me, but you know, I have really... I have embraced it. It is, it is time. It was always embedded in me. My mother was definitely a woman of faith and you can't ask God for things to do things for you and you not do things for God. We have to give him the glory. It's our responsibility to bring people to Christ. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a Bible thumper by any means, but if you ask me, I will tell you, you know, and, and I walk in that. And so that's what you're hearing. I'm, I'm, I'm finally at peace. I remember a time when all I wanted in life, you've asked me all these questions about things that I wanted and mountains that I've moved. There was a time in those valleys that all I wanted was to be happy. That's all I wanted. I didn't even know what that was. I just wanted to not feel what I was feeling at the time. And to sit here and say, I wake up every morning with this smile on my face. I wake up every morning and I'm happy. I wake up every morning and my 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 chest is open and ready to receive. I'm light. You know, it is just, sorry, it's my husband. It is just amazing to not feel that heaviness, yes. you know, and um, I just give God all the glory for that. Yes. Um, I just have to say. Uh, praise God to that. And what you said about it already being there and just moving the mountains in order for you to get there. It's there waiting for you. You just have to move the mountains and walk your path by faith to get to what's already waiting. So um, I love that and how you shared that. Uh, somebody said that um tuned in a few minutes past the hour, but I'm hearing some very inspiring words. Surely I would love a rewatch. So 
Um, you're not just inspiring me. <laughs> it's obvious what you're saying is resonating with others. And, 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 and I think that when we speak from the heart and when we speak from our faith, we don't, you know, we don't have to be preachers. I think all of us are, you know, when we're Christians and we're believers, we spread the gospel as we go. And you know that, that you're doing that when um, somebody is, is touched and they hear, they hear something that you have to say. And in that vein, I would love to just give you an open-ended question. Um, yeah. You have all of this corporate experience. You've spent over 25 years in corporate America, and you also provide business coaching. What is the best advice that you have for women, especially Black women in corporate America? Use your voice. Use your voice. We're taught not to use our voice. I don't have to tell you, you know, we can't speak an octave too high before we're categorized as the angry black woman or what have you. I'm a tall woman, I'm five foot nine. And so I have stature. So depending on where men feel within their own personal stature, I could I could appear to be intimidating. But my my shoulders are always squared. Be present. I tell women all the time, you deserve where you are. You deserve the seat in the room. You deserve to be there. And if you're not quite there yet, act like you deserve to be there. You know, use your voice. For me, that is the biggest thing. When oftentimes when we're sitting in a meeting, and they're going around and you have the people who are the most communicative all the time. You just let them do the talking and you don't say anything. Not me. I'm like, uh, I think we should do or no, I don't think that's a good idea or, or what have you. You know, love me, hate me, whatever you want to do with me. But I'm going to be known. I'm going to use my voice. I had to learn that. And you just have to just do it. You just have to. Do it. And I had become throughout my corporate um, career, I was always my boss's confidant. They always trusted that I was going to give them the truth, no matter if they liked it or not. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs to have somebody that they can bounce things off of, especially when you know that you're it's for the greater good of the project or the company or whatever it is. And my boss would come to me and she says, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z and Sheree, what do you think? And she would close the door. And when she closed the door, we're having real talk. Okay. Yeah. White, white lady, you know, not, you know, whatever. And I would listen to her and I would say to her, I don't think it's going to work for whatever reason, you know, and she would ask me why. Now she's the boss. She can yay or nay, you know, it's her decision. Oftentimes she would go with her decision. It wouldn't work. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and we would go back to my plan, but I was never like, Oh, I told you. So it was never like that. I'm part of yeah. a team, you know, and as, a, as being a manager of hundreds of people at one time, I have to make decisions, good, bad, and different, you know, and so I'm going to do whatever is necessary. But you're going to, you have to use your voice. Ask for what you want. Everybody else does. Why don't we? Ooh. Yeah. Um, right? That, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my career was flashing in front of me as you were talking. And I have uh, learned how to use my voice. But there were so many years where I didn't. 
and I can see so many missed opportunities and me not using my voice. So as you were speaking, I was just all these years were just flipping in front of my face. So uh, I would definitely second that as being great advice for us in corporate America or any field, medicine, um, any any field uh, for us to use our voice. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and sure, I mean, there are some things that I had to learn or maybe even unlearn. I mean, there's a whole corporate world. I mean, there's a whole dynamic to to corporate. You know what I mean? And it's funny. uh, My girlfriend, she's been asking me to write a book uh, about this because she calls me all the time about scenarios. And we have this code called Tango Tango. If she Tango Tangos me, no matter what we're doing, we stop, we pull over it's an emergency. And she would have these tango tango moments. So I'm, I need to write this book, but it's really about corporate situations and how to deal with it. Anything from one-on-one conversations to emails to whatever. How do you handle that, particularly living in this skin and in this female body? How do you do that in this white man's world? Now, white, black, and different, we're all people. And that's, I'm not going to say I don't see color, but I don't operate that way. We are all people. But if you look at the hierarchy in terms of who's writing the checks, right now it's more of them than there is us. So if we're in a situation where we are working in those environments, we need to make ourselves seen. We have to make ourselves seen. Absolutely. It's so important. Absolutely. And- and I agree with your friend. You need to write that book. We need the we need the Tango Tango book. Yeah. Um, and so that question was, you know, for corporate America and for women in corporate America. Now I just want to give you an opportunity of anything that you'd like to say to anybody in the audience. What is on your heart that you would like to share that you would like to leave us with as we wrap up? So what is on my heart? And I actually did a little post uh, today. I do this thing called Friday Recap on Instagram. And what was on my heart today was, and I'm going to pose it as a question. Are you in position to receive the things that you are asking God for? If you listen to all the things that we talked about, okay, let's, let's just go back to me moving to California. I put myself in position. Okay, especially if it's something that is date specific, you need to do everything that you can to get ready for that. You don't want that date to come and that blessing come. Remember, 30 days. I just I had 30 days to move. Right. You want to be ready. If you are asking for a husband, are you doing your own personal work? Are you wife ready? Are you are you ready to receive the gift that you're asking for? Are you being are you able to present yourself as a gift to receive a gift? Even if it's for a child, if you're asking God for a child or what have you, are you mentally preparing yourself to become a parent? You have to walk and talk whatever you are asking God for. You have to put yourself into position. This is one of the, this is, this, that's the key. People ask all the time, how do you do this? How, it's no hocus pocus. God is not a wizard. <laughs> you have the power to do it. And I'm not talking about affirmations. I'm not talking about the law of attraction. I'm talking straight God here, okay? You ask God for the plan. You get that overwhelming feeling that, yes, you can have it. And you start doing every day one little thing at a time towards it. And it'll be yours. But you have to believe it. You can never say if. 
you can never say it might. You have to say, I have it now. I'm moving now. I have my husband now. It's now. I'm rich now. I have a child now. You have to say it now. <laughs> it's so important. It's so important. Yeah. That's 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 the biggest thing for me is you have to live by intention. Yeah. You have to intentionally walk towards what you want. Now you have to do your work. Okay. You have to, you can't just sit around and wait. Okay. I'm just going to wait for a husband. You're just going to, no, you know, you can't do that. You know, even though when I was asking God for my husband, I wasn't searching because I was literally in this particular case, just waiting for the right opportunity, but I was open to meeting people. Yes. If a man walked by me and smiled, I'm smiling. You know what I mean? <laughs> is, is that him? You know, but I wasn't making myself crazy. I just knew that it was going to happen. And I was still doing the work. I was going deeper into my spirituality. I was reading what it meant to become a wife, a real wife. I took the time to understand my my participation in the demise of my marriages because it takes two. Okay. So I'm saying to myself, okay, what can I do differently? Because what I did before didn't work. So it's really doing the opposite, but doing it according to Christ. What 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 does God want a wife to be? What does a help me? I had to really study that. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, what does it mean to be a help me? What does it mean to submit to your husband and make submit not a bad word? It's not a bad word. You know what I mean? And when you do that and it's when God puts it together, there is nothing or anyone that can separate it. If God gives you that business, if God gives you that child, if God gives you that husband, there is nothing that can tear that apart. But you've got to go through him. And amen to that. Um, <laughs> that was that was that's uh, my pastor talking. I study under a really good pastor. That's I can, I can hear him in my head <laughs> and a wonderful first lady who teaches. Well, I, I can hear it too. And those feel like marching orders. Um, but before we, before we leave, I do want to ask you, how can we reach you? How can we follow you? I know you work a lot with entrepreneurs. How can we utilize your services? All of that. Sure. No, absolutely. So um, I think my website is being scrolled on the bottom, but uh, my website is the T-H-E Corp, C-O-R-P, concierge.net. Um, all of my services are on my website. And I do have, I do want to mention the three programs that we talked about today. One is called Unleash the Business in You. And that's where I take your professional and your business and your dreams. And we can put it all together and make this magical business for you that can be prosperous and you can enjoy doing every day of your life. Also, I have a program that's called I Prayed for My Husband. And I can actually teach you and show you the scriptures and show you what I've done and what you can do every day to attract that through Christ. So I have that program. And the other program I have is loving yourself through words. All of these things work together, you know, loving yourself through words. If you don't love who you are, if you don't believe who you are, no one's going to believe it. It's got everything has got to start with you. We are so powerful as people, as human beings. We are so powerful. We have to start tapping into that. And don't let don't let negativity infiltrate you. Don't allow it. I, I, I'll be 
I'd be blocking it like, you know, like like crazy. <laughs> I do not. Because how often, and this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I think this is important. How often do we have fantastic ideas? Okay. And then we tell that one person. Oh, yeah. And they have all this stuff. I mean, it comes in like, well, why would you? What about? I knew somebody who did this. It's going to cost this much. Why would you do that? And if you're weak-minded, you start listening to that. And you're like, you know what? You're right. Why would I do that? Yeah, that did happen to Susan. Yeah, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's a bad idea. No, 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 no. Don't do that. She's showing herself to you. Then you have to realize, you know what? I can't have conversations about business with 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 homegirl. Yeah, we can go shoe shopping, but I can't talk to you about business stuff. That's okay. You categorize them, put them in the box, and that's where they go. So I'm just. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but it's, I've learned so much and I wish I did it this way before. Why did I choose to do it so difficultly before? Why did I choose the hard way? Why? You know, we have to get out of our own way. We, we really do. We have to, you know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas shouldn't exist. Do it. Get up and do it. Everybody's got a post-it on their mirror of something that they want to do that's been on that mirror for three years. I implore you today to pull that down and do something towards that thing each and every day. Make it happen. Make it happen. Try it. And if it doesn't work out, you learn from it. You do it better the next time. Failure is important. Sometimes it is. It's important. Sometimes it hurts. Doesn't feel good. And I can't even believe I'm saying that because I do not like to fail at all. (laughs) But it's a I'm learning. It's a learning lesson. What do I do better? I don't like how that made me feel. So I'm going to overly prepare. So I never have to experience that again. Okay, I've got. Oh, okay. All I got to do is hit that button. That never happens again. I'm hitting that button. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's never going to happen again. And I guess the last thing I'm going to say, and I think I'm speaking to myself right now, is be kinder to yourself. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. Things are going to happen. Take a deep breath. Take a nap. Go to bed. Take a bath. Come back and do it again the next day. And don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I am full. My cup overflowed after this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was my for- pleasure. Yes. Yes. Pleasure. Yes. Oh, my um, goodness. My husband yeah. says I'm a goofball, but whatever. I love it. <laughs> I'm his goofball. <laughs> exactly. Nothing wrong with being a goofball. Um, exactly. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you for this platform. This is amazing. Uh, I, I really am honored, actually, to 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 be here with you to tell my story, my my, my little stories. But if it can help somebody, if it resonates with someone, it's worth it. Absolutely. Well, you enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's Friday. Thank you. And I I believe that we will stay connected. I don't think that this was uh, a one and done. I believe that we'll stay connected. And I'm excited to see how God um, uses that connection. Absolutely. Me too.
Me too. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to make some things happen. Absolutely. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Sisters come together now, come together.